From the New Orleans Convention Center in Louisiana, this is the ASN Kidney Week 2017 podcast, a discussion of the latest scientific and clinical advances presented at this year's annual meeting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kidney Week 2017. I am Eleanor Letterer and as president of the American Society of Nephrology, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my respected colleagues to discuss the events of the first day of our annual meeting in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. Can you all please introduce yourselves for our listeners and tell everyone where you're from. Hi, I'm Sharon Adler. I'm a nephrologist at Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Los Angeles. Good afternoon, I'm Michelle Chancellor, I'm a professor of medicine and an adult nephrologist at the University of Colorado. Uh, and I'm Eugene Lin, uh, I'm a postdoctoral nephrology fellow at Stanford University. Great, great. Well, uh, let's just jump right in. Guys, was there anything that really stood out for you on this first day? Uh, for me, it was an amalgamation of everything that nephrology is and what we are and what we aspire to be. It it ranged from the direct care of the nephrology patient and the acceptance of life care plans and quality of life for those patients to safety of those patients in our hospitals and in our dialysis units to protection from acute kidney injury for those patients and treatment for immunologic renal disease, all the way to basic concepts of new therapies and new ways to make access and new ways to make kidneys in a dish. So it went from nephrologists as caring caregivers, listening to patients and helping them traverse the problems of living life with kidney disease all the way to eradicating kidney disease. This morning I was present in a very uh, exciting poster session um, that had a variety of topics on great um, interesting new findings from for example different types of bone biopsies in different type of etiology of kidney disease, so how different bone biopsies across diabetes, hypertension, GN, and PKD have completely different fracture rates, to some data on acute kidney injury in the setting of chronic kidney disease, and studying a little bit the spectrum of AKI and CKD and how AKI is an important risk factor for mortality in very large cohorts. Uh, even more exciting was some now newer immunotherapy for patients with adult dominant polycystic kidney disease. And this afternoon there was a really very exciting session pretty much about trends, medical management, surgical management of parathyroidectomy that was well attended. So again, really seeing a tremendous uptake from the nephrology community in different topics of nephrology. Yeah, so um, this is only my third kidney week. But I think what's really struck me every time I come, especially like on the first day, is just how big of a community we have and just how many interests are represented from people who are kind of just taking care of patients every day to people who are doing research, who are people who are advocating for patients to, you know, even hearing from a couple of patients today at the plenary session. Um, I just think that there's a huge community of people who really want to make you know, nephrology, you know, an important area in 
in terms of like the medical community and also taking care of patients who, with kidney disease. And I think that's something that's really exciting, especially as you know, trainee, I always just like stuck in my own little bubble doing research or um, you know, in our small division. But I think uh, what's really amazing is just seeing a bunch of people come together by, you know, unified by something that they really love and they're all kind of doing what they're doing best. And so, I mean, I was really blown away by a lot of the research that people are doing. Um, I think the poster session is like a great example of that. Just you can just see how many people are excited to do a lot of different things. Like you walk from one aisle to the next and it's like you're jumping from health services research to disparities to uh, AKI to biomarkers. And it's, um, it's a lot to take in. I think sometimes it's tempting to be like, I need to see everything I want to. I think what's really nice is just seeing that there are so many different people excited about what they're doing and we're all coming together to try to make the world a better place. I really love it here for that reason. Well, that's great. Well, it sounds like uh, a theme that each of you have expressed is the <coughs> variety. Nephrology is not monolithic. It is just so many different things and that it has something to offer to a lot of different people with a lot of, of different interests. So I was particularly struck by what you mentioned about the bone biopsies mm -hmm. and how for the longest time, you know, I guess we never asked ourselves the question you know, is the bone disease that occurs with diabetes, is that different than what occurs with polycystics? Is that different than GN? Um, and I think this goes very much to the theme of this year's meeting, which is the, the personalized nephrology. Right. And one thing to add is uh, just being at the program director's meeting and the division heads meeting yesterday, uh, there was this um, question of what other new procedures or procedures should nephrologists do? And I think there was a focus on tunnel catheters, on uh, acute dialysis catheters, kidney biopsies, but something that we, it's an opportunity to, to retake maybe on bone biopsies because especially in this area of precision medicine, it could be that the bone might completely be different according to the etiology of kidney disease. And I think this is something that would be worthwhile studying further. I agree completely. So, yes, as you mentioned, you're your new kid on the block. <laughs> and uh, um, so what do you, if you look back over your last three ASN Kidney Weeks, you know, what do you think has changed in your approach to even coming to Kidney Week? Um, yeah, I think the first couple of Kidney Weeks, I, I think I sort of came with this idea of, oh, I need to hit every single session, and then you you like open, oh, I didn't even download the app the first time, but um, but you look at the app and it's like, there's a good 10 sessions for every two hour block, and then the poster session's even crazier, like that in and of itself counts as like 10 sessions by, by itself. And I think I was really almost like burned myself out really early just trying to hit all of these different things. Um, whereas like last year and then this year, I sort of tried to walk a little bit slower. And I think it's been nice because there's so much traffic. And as you start to meet people and get to know people, um, people who you haven't seen for like a year since the last Kidney Week, um, you like take it a little bit slower and you kind of just run into people and you realize, oh, I missed that session that I was planning on going to or only caught the last 30 minutes of that session, but then you really get to catch up with people who you haven't seen. And I think that really does help build this community aspect, not just all the knowledge. I mean, there's knowledge everywhere. And given how much 
is accessible just on the internet and from Google, you can always be learning. I think this is a ph phenomenal place to learn, but I think it's also like a phenomenal place to like build relationships. I mean, I had lunch with a friend from residency who I hadn't seen in a year, and um, yeah, it was just, it's just a really great place to, you know, nephrologists are all really nice. I mean, my wife always tells me, she's like, oh, nephrologists are so nice. And so, um, yeah, and I think it's just, it, it's really a great reminder of that. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I know that uh, for many of us, seeing the friends that we only get a chance to see once a year is really one of the big treats of, of coming to Kidney Week. And you know, I, I recall perfectly well my first couple kidney weeks were complete chaos, complete and utter chaos. But, but you know, one one of the aspects that remained an anchor was the fact that every year, year after year, I would see some of the same people. You know, and you and you began to realize, yes, this is my community. I may only see them once a year, but it's my community. These are these are my guys. We're all interested in the same thing. So I think that's really important. I just ran into. Um, an individual who had been a research fellow for just a couple of years in Wadi Suki's lab while I was down there. He's from Brazil, wow. you know, and there we were, you know, out in the hall, my God, of all the, you know, thousands of people that are here, there he shows up. Amazing. So um, have, have any of you guys seen or heard today um, things that you think are going to change your practice? So I'm privileged to participate in the uh, collaboration between the ASN and the Centers for Disease Control in targeting zero preventable um, infections in chronic dialysis facilities. And um, I was at a focus group today and we talked about why we have so many catheters and barriers that we have for the removal of catheters, including, you know, how do we get vascular access in uh, patients who have Medicaid um, or Medi-Cal, which is a problem, and suggestions like um, ASN perhaps reaching out to vascular surgery um, uh, um, associations to make those connections and find the vascular access docs who um, are more interested in um, rapid turnaround with vascular access. And um, how do we get our um, dialysis units to function at a higher level, to increase the hand washing rates, to make sure that the catheters, the catheter sites are cleaned with chlorhexidine and dressed at the end with um, an antibiotic uh, ointment. Um, and to make sure that the, both the technician and the patient are masking when these things are done. The little details in dialysis care that can lower the infection rate. How do we get the patients to wash their access before they um, depend on the staff to disinfect, which I always find um, actually a problem. Um, how do we get each of us interested in um, knowing what our bloodstream infection rate is and who should be the, an antibiotic or infectious disease steward in our units? And uh, for each of us to go back to our dialysis units and 
be proactive in these areas. The ASN and particularly the Nephrologist Transforming Dialysis Safety Group is currently actually preparing a curriculum directed at fellows, but um, we also know it's going to be helpful for us. I know I'm leading the charge and I can promise you it will be helpful for me to develop a curriculum that will be useful to all nephrologists, not only nephrologists in training, so that each of us can develop a culture in our unit of how to um, become sensitive to the uh, infection prevention issues in our dialysis units to uh, make dialysis safer for our patients. So um, I would hope that everybody would be looking for this curriculum. We're planning for it to be out sometime in the summer, a long version with clickable links and friendly figures and tables, and a short version uh, which is likely to be in one of the major nephrology journals. Well, that's just awesome. Now, um, you've been in charge of dialysis unit, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, you know what you know what is your take on this initiative between the ASN and the CDC? Yeah. So I'm currently medical director of two chronic dialysis unit at the University of Colorado and I think this is a tremendous initiative. I I think the nephrology community rightly so has focused a lot obviously on cardiovascular events as the first cause of death in our patient population, but I think we have forgotten about the contribution of infection to the comorbidity of our patient population. And I'm very happy and glad to hear this collaboration between the ASN and the CDC to really see the infection again at the forefront uh, of, of, of our target, one of our main targets to improve our, our patients' lives. Well, I'd like to follow up on that because mm -hmm. the USRDS has now presented data that the cost of inpatient cost for hospitalization for ESRD patients with infections now exceeds the cost of inpatient cardiovascular disease care. Yeah. So, uh, which is which is an astounding figure. An yes. astounding figure. So, so for the two of you all, then, just this new initiative, um, which is being uh, broadcast in at least three different settings here at ASN Kidney Week, this is something that you feel has the potential to really change nephrology care. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I do. And improve outcomes of yeah. our patient population, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. How about from you? Anything that you see that makes you think this is, I'm going to change something? <laughs> um, so nothing necessarily immediately, but um, so my research area is in um, health economics and one of the things I'm interested in is how do you translate scientific advances into you know everyday practice um, and you know I'm also a member of the policy board and one of the things that we've been talking about and something I've sort of been seeing the nephrology community sort of starting to take an interest in or like have a, have a passion in is how do we you know manage the transitions of care not just in our dialysis patients which I think rightfully they have commanded a huge portion of our attention as nephrologists, but how do we take care of our patients who um, pre-dialysis, how do we manage the transition from chronic kidney disease to dialysis or from dialysis to transplant or CKD to transplant? 
Um, and how do we do that in a way that you know is meaningful for patients? So I think kind of getting a sense for what patients value in terms of you know the outcomes that they value, and kind of moving away from the business and the the everyday practice of you know being a nephrologist, but more sort of saying, okay, I see a patient longitudinally, and how do we kind of best manage that patient over a long period of time? Um, and so I think that's something that it's really hard to translate into like an everyday practice sort of thing. It's sort of more of a how do you think about the how do you think about uh, developing a system or systems like you know what one provider does to effectively manage a patient longitudinally might not necessarily work for someone else. But how does ASN as a community? How do the community providers? How do they? come up with a lot of different solutions that help patients where they are and um, kind of help them figure out like and help providers figure out you know how do I best deploy like the things that I know because I think we learn a lot of things but I think what's really challenging for you know I'm sure for all of us but you know for me in particular is like, when I see a patient I it's sometimes very difficult to have like a cooperative or a team kind of a situation where we say, oh, I know all of these scientific things, but how do I help you? How does this change your life? How does it make your life better? Um, I think patients who just spend all their time thinking about, you know, counting potassium and all these other things, that's not really living. I think we need to figure out a way to, you know, make their lives more manageable. Um, and so, yeah, from a research standpoint and just from like thinking about how do you change a system standpoint, I think it's something that, um, been thinking a lot about. I mean, it's it's a theme that's echoed in like pretty much every single seminar session that I've gone to, and every single poster session that I've gone to today has been talking a lot about this. And I think that's something that hasn't been the focus of the discussion like three or five years ago, for sure. Well, that's a unique observation, and I never really you know heard that um, articulated about this meeting. So I just went to the nephrology quiz and questionnaire, mm -hmm. you know, which as you all know is is now you know a recurring um, event. Um, and is is always, at least in my mind, a lot of fun, mm -hmm. you know, because they you know present a couple of cases and then they get the vote. What would you do? What would you do, et cetera? Um, and um, so I I generally come away from those sessions with a new nugget of knowledge, you know, because it's you can't keep up with everything. Yeah. I mean, you you just can't. And to have like in a little nutshell, somebody say, okay, this is how lithium causes nephrogenic DI, you know, here's what we can do, and here's what's on the horizon, per perhaps, you know, I think is, uh, that's, that for me is a, is a very, very fun session. I enjoy that tremendously. As an aspirational session, I just left one that was a bit um, like the uh, discussion of the matrix and how important it is in uh, making a vascular tube. This one, focused on matrix and how it permits the development of the microvasculature of the kidney in a dish and recruits podocytes for the development of um, a little kidney in a dish. So um, we go from, um, you know, concerns about diet and bone disease and how to make a patient's life on dialysis better, all the way to um, the develop to nephrogenesis, um, yeah. you know, man-made nephrogenesis. Mm -hmm.
which is uh, spectacular that it all sits here in the same meeting. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think today's plenary session, um, the state of the art talk was, was really fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Growing, I mean, growing a vascular access. And then the way she talked about it at the end, you know, we're going to crank this up mm -hmm. five, 10, 80, 100, you know, pretty, uh, pretty amazing process um, that, uh, that, that she has gone through to get this um, successful. Pretty excited to see what's going to happen with that. Um, I know that I work at a VA hospital. And uh, so a lot of the older patients, you know, coming to end-stage kidney disease who want to go on to hemodialysis, finding suitable vessels is sometimes really a challenge. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our failure rate uh, for primary fistulas is really quite high. So having an alternative that, you know, would allow us to make fistulas, avoid the catheters, you know, avoid the complications that are associated with catheters, I think just sounds like it's phenomenal to me. And if you go to the late-breaking clinical trial on Saturday, you may be able to see how interventional nephrologists can enter and uh, offer some solutions to this issue as well. <laughs> so Sneak preview. That's right, that's right. You know, you know, to be seen and heard <laughs> later on in the session. So any other parting thoughts at this point? Okay, well, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and the rest of the week. Hopefully you guys are too. Yes, yes. for sure. Right. Thank you so much for joining this session. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs>